is happening, everybody? This is your man, Charles S. Livingston. Chuck, if you're nasty, reporting live from Marion, Arkansas. I'm joined, as always, on the Hogcast by my cousin and uh, homeboy, Logan Livingston. What's up, everybody? And we're also joined, as always, by our recruiting guru and a Saline County correspondent, former uh, intramural flag football teammate of mine and a UCA Bear, Colby Yarho. I mean, Yarbro. <laughs> Same difference. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Uh, well, we, uh, if you listen to this, you're obviously a Razorback fan. Um, Logan, you were going to say something? Yeah, Chuck. Uh, so I think we played a football game, uh, Saturday. How'd it go? Oh man. First quarter was good. You know, you had some drives, you know, Arkansas and Georgia both put a drive together. Uh, they blocked Arkansas's PAT. It was seven, six at the end of the first quarter. So, yeah. What happened after that? After the, oh, uh, second half, man, you know, sort of. Arkansas had some success on offense, and they held Georgia to one score. That you know, it was a it was a fun game. It was a fun second half. Absolutely. You're not leaving anything out at all. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing else happened. Uh, well, <laughs> I feel like you're. I feel like. <laughs> well, well, there was a matter of a 31-0 uh, Georgia run in the second quarter, but I mean, ouch, ouch, that one's painful, real painful. Uh, basically, hog listeners, hog fans. Uh, what happened is Arkansas scored first, went up six nothing. Uh, they got their PAT blocked, and uh, Georgia went on an unprecedented—I'm sure it's precedented, but I'm going to say unprecedented—38-0 run to close out the first half. That's impossible to do in basketball. Uh, I can't imagine it happening in football. Yet it unfolded in front of me. We literally in the bottom fell out in the second quarter. I'm not sure. Uh, Bielema after the game actually said uh, he didn't really recognize a lot what was going on out there, which is not something you want to hear from your head coach. Just saying. No. <laughs> a little bit of last year was coming back in this team. Yeah, anything, yeah. That, anything that could have went wrong went wrong in the second quarter. You know, obviously uh, – you know the stat sheet tells you the three turnovers. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. Anytime you lose the turnover battle four to zero, uh, you're often not going to come up on the good end of that against a top ten team, which is what Georgia was. Uh, mm-hmm. Three of those turnovers came in that ill-fated second quarter. Um, one of them was an interception at the end of the half that ultimately didn't amount to anything. But uh, the first two were sort of killers. There was one. Uh, it was a, a bad exchange between uh, quarterback Brandon Allen and running back Alex Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the very next drive, Arkansas strings about three first downs together and gets across midfield, and um, or gets to midfield, and uh, Allen is sacked and loses a fumble, and uh, Georgia's defensive back Dominic Davis recovers and parks it all the way in the end zone for a touchdown. In a flash, it was 38-6, and um, I quite honestly, I was there, and I still don't exactly know what happened. <laughs> Logan, what did you see? Yeah, uh, ultimately the credit goes to uh, Georgia's defensive line. They were they were phenomenal. That was like the most impressive uh, unit on their team. Um, they, I mean, our offensive line is good. I think one of the best in the SEC, and they just made us look silly. Like our pass protection was just not there. Uh, they got to Allen frequently, and and they they hit him hard. Colby, I mean, you got to give Georgia credit. They had a great game plan come in offensively and defensively. Um, uh, they came out the first possession with two play-action passes. I don't think Arkansas seen that coming. You could see, I think it was Jarrett Collins got beat on that first one, his eyes in the backfield, and they just threw it right over him, and it was just it was like that. And then um, defensively, they, like Logan was saying, their pass rush just killed Brandon Allen, especially early, and it looked like uh, Arkansas was uh, deer in the headlights. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to look at this game and sort of see it as a as a step back, especially it being Georgia, and it was a step back. Uh, but what I'm saying, I'm not as I'm not as up in arms about this as as I guess I could be because Georgia is a quality team. I think a lot of people might have been expecting big things against the Bulldogs because they're without uh, Nick Ch- uh, uh, Todd Gurley, who's I allegedly out without Nick Chubb too. Be- <laughs> yeah, if they had not, yeah. they need to get Nick Chubb in trouble as well because uh, that guy is just about as good as Gurley. Not going to lie. Well, I, I tried to buy an autograph from him as he was leaving the stadium, but I was I was ejected. Um, so that, that didn't really work out. I wanted to get him to forfeit the game, but he's just he was too good. But Chubb, uh, Chubb, Chubb looked just like Nick Todd Gurley to me. Thirty carries, two hundred and two yards. Uh, ran hard between well, the tackles. That's a lot, that's a lot of yards. <laughs> <laughs> that's racking up the yard. I don't know. I don't know if you guys know this. Two hundred rushing yards on your own is uh pretty good. Yeah. So let's see what happened here. You know, the first drive, Arkansas came out, uh, obviously, and scored immediately. We marched down the field, like, methodically. I felt real good about that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the defense comes out, and uh, uh, Mason actually surprised surprised me a lot. Dude's a quality quarterback. He had, he had a couple nice passes on that drive to uh, tie it up, and then they got their extra points. So that made it 7-7. Interesting call for me, though, was when Georgia onside kicks there immediately after. I was thinking, man, do they think they can't stop us or what? 
And uh, it obviously worked out for them. But uh, I thought that was an interesting call. What do you think about that, Chuck? Yeah, I thought it was a little early on that scenario, uh, considering that Arkansas is sort of a one-dimensional offense. I think I would have rolled the dice a little bit more, but I guess maybe they're thinking, and I don't know if anybody asked Mark Richt about it, but he probably thought that he didn't want to get War Memorial to turn, you mm-hmm. know, and, and let the offense have some success. So they would, uh, you know, and I honestly, if you get into a shootout, I kind of like that for Georgia better than I do us. So I guess Richt was thinking, all right, let's put them on a short field. Now, we, uh, we ended up going three and out there, so Georgia's defense responded. Um, but, yeah, that first drive I thought was Arkansas football or, you know, Wisconsin-Brett Bielema football. 13 plays, 75 yards, took up almost eight minutes of the clock. Um, but as soon as Alex Collins ball over from one yard out, that was the last highlight because, as we said, Georgia blocked the uh, field goal and then went uh, 74 yards in five plays in a, under a minute and a half, mm-hmm. uh, gashing Arkansas's secondary with a 48-yard pa- 48 pass and an 18-yard pass, and and that was it. Georgia never trailed again. Uh, yeah, the onside kick was just, um, you know, sometimes if you feel like your defense ain't got it, you ain't got it, but their defense gained some traction with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, I mean, they were never – we had some success in the second half, but when the game was in question, Georgia was in control. Yeah, that, go ahead, Colby. I said I was kind of surprised after the um, onside kick. Um, we come out. I know we had a. We come out past it the first down and got sacked, and then we were kind of yes. forced to pass the rest of the time. But they couldn't stop the run in the first po- uh, possession. And clearly, Georgia was a little worried about how we moved the ball in the uh, first possession, and we came out past. And I was kind of surprised by that. But I, I guess it's hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, Brian Allen completes a pass, kind of uh, keeps the linebackers back a little bit. You know. Chain, we're looking at Chaney like a good play call there. Yeah, like I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Chaney uh, questioner, <laughs> questionnaire. I thought you were a believer. No, no, not at all, actually. Uh, I know I haven't said much bad about him, but, um, you know. It's, it's kind of hard to tell. I'm all for taking a <laughs> shot, you know, on first down when, when they do, when Rick gave us good field position, I am. But like you said, once we get behind the chains, though, they sacked us and it made it second and 20. Um, we're not a team built for second and 20, third and 20. That's just not our game. It, you know. Especially when Georgia had a hard time stopping it, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of go back to what we're doing. It seemed like after that, it was just like a, a shot in the arm for Georgia's defense. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't good. They got back-to-back sacks on Brandon Allen. It was first and ten, then second twenty, then third and thirty-three. We were going in the wrong direction. It uh, was where they had originally probably kicked it off to us. You know, where it got back to about the twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't feel yes. any pain off that one. Go ahead, Charlie. Yeah, I, I was going to say. That, that's sort of the thing, and you know, uh, Brandon Allen actually had to leave the game after that second sack because uh, he was just, uh, you know, he was just taking a beating out there, and uh, and again, that was sort of it, you know. And then after that, end of the first quarter it was seven six, but then the second quarter, uh, just anything like Logan said, anything that go wrong went wrong. And Georgia, man, they were just executing up and down the field. Georgia in that second frame worked for 105 yards on just 10 carries, uh, pretty much do whatever they wanted, um, and just. Again, the turnovers, three of them in a quarter, were, were obviously awful. Um, and, you know, Georgia's play calling, again, was good. I, I, the, the one I liked was after the Collins fumble, mm-hmm. Georgia falls on it, and they throw right into the end zone for Michael Bennett for a touchdown. Um, they scoop and score one. Uh, Georgia, you know, Mark Rick, this isn't his first rodeo, okay? He's coached on the road before. Uh, he knew what he had to do to win a, a road football game, and he came out. And, um, and I'm with Colby. I thought that um, they came out throwing just enough to uh to show that they could do it and make you honor Hudson Mason's ability through the air, and once he did that, then you don't know what they're doing. Uh, and they were able to throw it. They were able to run it more. They ran it most of the time. I think I think Mason only had like seventeen pass attempts, maybe. Yeah, he was ten of seventeen for one seventy nine and a pair of scores. But and I would wager, you know, a lot of that came in the the first half. They were just trying to grind and clock when they after halftime. So, uh, but again, you obviously have to call those plays and you have to execute them. The difference was that when we had one blocked up, we didn't execute the pass, and they actually got they had three sacks in the first half as well. So, um, you know, so if you get it blocked up, you have to execute the pass, and if you don't get it blocked up, then you're getting sacked. So those are both negative plays, and you know, again, just Georgia, they're battle tested, they've been through it before, and um, you know, it was just, and, and I think it also exposed sort of what the problem is with the the sole problem with with. Uh, Brett Billman's offense. If you get down 30 points, which it's the same for anybody, but if you get down 30 <laughs> it's points. It's never good to be down 30. Look, basically, general rule of thumb, coaching 101, don't get down 30. <laughs> but Arkansas, especially, if you get down 30 and you don't have the passing game to make big splash plays, then you're in you're in deep. Uh, again, Georgia's not the team that you're going to try to come back against anyway. But, um, you know, so, so that's why they pay me the big bucks. Don't get down 30. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, the second quarter, I guess, you know, even Bila, with the way he said it, I mean, it's just lack of discipline, like, really, like, overall. We had a lot of really dumb penalties. Uh, I know Braylon Mitchell got ejected, I think, in the second, right? Targeting, yes. Yeah, um, and there's some of these dumb, like, turnovers, man. I don't know. He said he took it easy on him during the week, but after the Bama game, I guess trying to baby them after that loss. But mm-hmm. it obviously came back and bit him because, I mean, they look – I mean, the first quarter they looked good, except for the defense. Defense kind of looked like they were deer in headlights there in that last drive. But I don't know. I think he needs to kind of not take it easy on him, I don't think. I don't think that's a good thing. But yeah, def- sort of shades. Oh, go ahead, Cole. I said it definitely came out flat after that first possession. And, uh, you know, I don't know what happened. I think that's why everybody was – you know, we're feeling pretty good. At the AM game, we're feeling good about the after the Alabama game, and now it's like, uh, where are we at now? You know, the, there's not there's only five games left. I mean, the bowl possibilities are not looking so good. They're dwindling a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody feels good about that Missouri game, uh, myself included. I feel like we should win the ball game. Having said that, that's on the road. That's against a team who might also be playing for a bowl game. Uh, they might be in the SEC Eastern Division Championship race at the time as well. Like there, it would be great to chalk up Missouri even as a win and in this epic, long, painful losing streak. But I mean, I'd feel a lot better if that game were in Fayetteville than it is. Um, again, LSU looks like they're back in business, and you've got the Mississippi, you've got the Magnolia two-step, mm-hmm. uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. So now, now you're really looking back on A&M and Alabama and saying, man, if we hadn't let the mugs off the hook. We'd already be taught. We'd already be making our plans for Memphis. Now you're looking at it, and you're saying, "Man, we may not win another SEC game." Uh, yeah, it's back in the SEC. You're breaking up a little bit, Chuck. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we shouldn't let those two off the hook. Looking back, you know, I mean, we've got Missouri now, who could be in in the in the hunt for the East now, and I think we played a lot better against them than, uh, or a, bit, a lot better against Georgia than they did against Georgia. I know you can't really compare the two. Right. Um, but um, yeah, they're gonna have a lot more to play for, and the scary part is they've got a defensive line similar to Georgia's, and that's gonna they're gonna put some pressure on Brandon Allen and make us run the ball. So let's hope that their run defense is as bad as advertised. I don't know. It's just gonna be, we'll see, kind of thing. Uh, going back to, I know I'm kind of backtracking, but Georgia's probably a team. If you look at that, that's probably what a Brett Bielema team he'd like to have. You know, someone yes. that can move the chains. Hunter Mason didn't put up big numbers, but he made them respect the pa- you know the passing game where they couldn't just uh, come up and just stop the run and uh, no turnovers. I mean, that's a team he's uh, he's like, man, I could see that in a couple of years, that being Arkansas. No turnovers, sound defense. Uh, well, you know, oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was saying a quarterback, you know, not, not going to get you beat. You're in, you, you try, a quarterback you can trust to make plays if needed. Yeah, I, I thought that, uh, well, again, and that goes back to play call. And like I said, we, we didn't execute the passing game at all. Hardly, hardly yesterday at all, whether blocking or throwing. But um, the play calling again. You're talking about, uh, and you know, and I, t- I texted y'all yesterday. I don't even know if I should have repeated. It sounds like a terroristic threat. But, <laughs> uh, I actually saw Jim Cheney going to and from the press box yesterday uh, at halftime, and um, at halftime at that moment, my my blood was boiling over so much. <laughs> um, I saw him, and he was sweating, and he had this dumb look on his face. And I was just like, man, I could kill him right now. And, and I don't, uh, but no, like, he he just looked confused and frazzled, which is good because that gave me something gave him something in common with me. Because while we're still trying to throw, obviously in the second half when you're down thirty, you have to throw it. But the first half, I felt like unacceptable. You've got to play to your strengths. Georgia never stopped the run. I just, you know, but you're. I mean, the, the, I'm agreeing with you, Colby. Like this is the play call, and it's on a completely different plane. I mean, Mark Rick's been here and has done it. You know, guys know his system. His staff knows what they're doing over there. You know, Cheney, he's a – Tennessee ran him off, and, like, we got him because we thought he was good. But I'm with Logan, man. If Cheney – the best thing – listen, if, if you're looking for a head coach, let me tell you about Jim Cheney's resume <laughs> as offensive coordinator at Arkansas and Tennessee. He's the best. He's got a great recruiter, charismatic. You will not regret hiring him to, to run your football program. Yeah, I think if there is one coach uh, that we'd like to – you know, reevaluate. That's definitely the one that stands out the most. Uh, where we could uh, maybe upgrade. Obviously, um, I know Bill was quick to get rid of coordinators and stuff. He doesn't feel like they're uh, performing. I know he fired up his offensive coordinator at Wisconsin after like two or yes. three games. So mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be surprised to see some changes, especially if we go 0 and 16. You know, in the SEC uh, after two years. Um, obviously, change needs to happen. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Go ahead, Chuck. No, I, I was just—I was saying I agree. <laughs> um, I was going to go in kind of the second half. You know, I, I was kind of 
I felt pretty good how the team responded and they came back. I guess that's the only positive I could take, you know, with the game, how they came back and responded. I know Georgia's playing more, you know, not to lose, probably let their foot off the gas a little bit. But yeah, I'm impressed with Kendrick Edwards and Cornelius, some of the wide receivers, and it, um, and continue to be impressed with Derby. But, I mean, there's some – at least shows we got some playmakers at wide receiver and catch the ball. Yeah, I will say this. Our tight ends are phenomenal. Both of those guys can get open and they can do some stuff after the catch too. They are they are a pair of weapons that we need to utilize all the time. I know Bama took Hunter Henry away because they were doubling him a lot, and there was a reason for that. The dude can play ball. Yeah, you know, like I said, if that's the match, I think that'll probably be the preferred matchup with, with uh, Club Burt, uh, as long as he's here, is having athletic tight ends. Of course, we've got Will Gregg, who was in the house yesterday. And as long as you've got those players, yeah, you've got to get them the ball. It just sort of depends on the matchup. You know, Alabama took them out, and we couldn't move the ball. And I felt like A&M did a good job, too, um, after the A.J. Derby long catch. You know, so it's just one of those things that you've got to have a plan B. Uh, you know, and again, I thought there was some chemistry developing there in the second half, too. You know, uh, there were some big plays down the middle of the field. And, you, you know, know I don't know if that was scheme. I don't know if that was Georgia or what, but it was uh, it was good to see. We talked about this before, Charlie, how, you know, in the Texas Tech game where we ran it 95 times and threw like twice, mm-hmm. um, that we would we probably should have practiced the passing game there. So Northern Illinois the same, yes. Yeah, so maybe this Georgia game where we were forced to pass the ball could actually benefit us um, getting mm-hmm. some reps against an SEC defense, whether it was all ones or not. I think Georgia's twos are still pretty good, um, I would yeah, say. Well, they recruit in the top ten every year. So, so, yeah, I so he was playing against top-tier talent regardless of whatever it was. So, you know, maybe this could actually benefit us. Maybe this this beatdown, you know. Second half, I mean, we, he, we did look good throwing the ball in the second half. Obviously, the game was out of hand. They were playing not to lose. Probably in some pre-event. Probably had some starters out. They weren't rushing as much either, but – um, you know, maybe that's but what just we getting those reps, just getting those – I agree. I, you know, I mean, it could almost be a blessing in disguise because I feel like – it's our run, run, run. It's sort of run out. Um, looking at the last two weeks, uh, now obviously we ended up rushing. You know, having uh, we actually only rushed for 126 yards. So, um, you know, but again, that's just one of. The, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I, if you're not going to do it in a game where you're up and you can afford to do it, then at least do it sometime because mm-hmm. uh, you're in a stadium, you got people around, you got guys on the field. Like, yeah, I mean. It, Again, if you're grasping at straws, that's a pretty good straw to grasp at. Yeah, I mean, again, like Colby also said, you know, it was good to see us actually. It was it would have been easy to come back after going down 38 to six to just lay down and lay down and bleed as the as the Hall of Framer Pelfrey like to say. Immortal uh, John Pelfrey. The immortal John Pelfrey. Um, but now we came out, we responded, we started flinging the ball around for whatever reason and for the good reason, you know. But just um, we look good, so. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll go forward, and this will be something that helps us along the way with LSU and Missouri, um, you know. Um, but we'll see. Go ahead, Colby. And another thing is, uh, I think this is the first game because uh, Texas A&M, we kind of got in a funk late in the fourth quarter and all these other games. This is the first one, I guess, because we got down by so much, we were kind of able to respond and uh, do something positive, positive about it. So maybe this will show them that, you know, hey, maybe we're getting a funk, but we can get out of that funk. Yeah, and instead of instead of ending the game on a sour yeah. note, now it's you're ending it with something like to build all on. Losses have ended kind of on a sour note. Al Auburn, you know, the first half was good, then the second half nothing. A and M nothing in the fourth quarter. Alabama nothing in the fourth quarter really. So yeah, our second half yeah. was definitely much better than the first half. So yeah, I like that. It's a good point. Again, it was there were definitely bright spots. Uh, the defense responded in the second half. You know, you don't know how much of it was Georgia play calling or what, but holding them to seven points is fine. Um, you know, and like I said, it was just it's just one of those games, man, where you're going to have them. It's going to depend on how you respond to them. I already like the way we came out in the second half. Uh, and, again, moving forward, you've got UAB now, which we'll, we'll preview here shortly. But, uh, you know, again, that's going to be an opportunity to get a win, get back on track, and try to figure out something to do with these Mississippi schools. But, uh, you know, I thought that, you know, I, I'm still concerned about Alex Collins' ball security. It's the second week in a row he's lost a fumble. Uh, he's, he's got all the ability in the world, but if he can't hold on to the ball – I don't think I don't know how much you can play him. What do y'all think? Yeah, I'm actually worried about him quite a bit. His last two or three games have been lackluster. Obviously, even outside the fumbles, I don't know. We haven't really gave him a lot of carries, and I'm sure there's a reason for that. Obviously, ball security is huge. We can't afford him to fumble in the red zone every time. I saw somebody talking on Twitter actually saying that uh, we seem to let Jonathan Williams run the ball until we get outside of our own 20, and then let Alex <laughs> Collins take over because he loves to fumble in the red zone. That's that's twice in a row he's done that. Obviously, I don't know if that was all Alex Collins' fault. Um, I didn't get to see the play because I was on the other end zone. So, it, go ahead, Colby. It looked like to me he didn't know is confusion on the plays because it looked like Alex Collins was looking the other way when they kind of tossed it to him and it just kind of just bounced her off his chest. That's what it looked like from my end. Uh, no, I, I saw the same thing. It was a miscommunication. They were going the opposite way. It's it's a unfortunate thing that happened. 
uh, to be sure. But it was, uh, you know, again, I don't know if he didn't get it or if Brandon didn't get it or if they were both, uh, whatever happened. I, I know what the end result was, and it wasn't pretty. No. Um, but they, uh, but yeah, I, I saw, I saw that too. They didn't exactly go the, the same way. So, uh, but Logan's right against Alabama. He, I mean, Jay will actually averaged almost four and a half yards of carry against Alabama, but Collins had a, a down night again yesterday. Collins rushed 11 times for 31 yards. Meanwhile, Jay will did 18 for 108. The thing I can say for Alex is that he did score two touchdowns from a yard out. So he was in the hunt. Um, you know, he, he, he was there running hard on the goal line, but that's sort of Jay will's territory. So if he's, if we're losing a fumble, each, we just don't score enough to cover up losing a turnover per game. I mean, yeah, we take away that turnover against Alabama. That's a completely different game. Um, that's exactly our, right. Our defense was lights out. I don't see them uh, letting another score up unless we let them in the red zone like that. So, um, But, again, maybe it's a sophomore slump. You know, it's his second year. Um, I know he had some off-the-field issues. He, he missed a class or something, and Bielema had to suspend him. So hopefully he gets it under control. He's a nice kid. Everything I've seen about him, everybody's been very – uh, you know, encouraging about how good of a kid he is. And he obviously can play football. We all know that. It's just yeah. he's got to get out of this slump somehow, some way. Hopefully it happens soon. Maybe UAB might be a good week to do that. Maybe so. Hopefully we practice the pass, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, now, obviously, the game yesterday was played uh, in Little Rock's War Memorial Stadium. It's a place that's uh, near and dear to my heart, Colby, uh, even Logan, I think, mm-hmm. um, at one time. Um, There's a lot of controversy during the week. We asked for some feedback on the uh, – well, actually, wait, Logan, you said we had a Facebook question, right? Yeah, we did. We got Kevin Carter. He asked, uh, give me a breakdown of what happened from the first possession to halftime on the next podcast. Thanks in advance. Uh Play calling and turnovers. Uh, uh, it would be my best guess. You know, Ch- uh, Jim, Jim Chaney happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, like it just we got behind the chains because of uh, we tried to throw on first down, which again, um, I don't think that's a bad thing. But I like throwing on first down as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to mix it up, but at the same time, if you already, I, mean, I know Jim Chaney watched some film, or at least I hope so. And he had to know they were going to bring the heat. Like, I mean, Georgia, they were going to bring the heat. and uh, That's the strength of their defense. They pinned their ears back, and they came and got them twice in a row. And when we get behind the chains, our offense is – there's nothing. We can't do it. We can't run in third and 33. That's just not going to be effective. Um, but, yeah, after that, it was just, you know, turnovers and lack of discipline. Penalties, man, stupid penalties. So many stupid penalties in the first half. Undisciplined football for the first time, uh, you know, we had some of that during the Bobby Petrino era, but it's, you know, so, and again, that's just one of those, um, actually penalties. We had seven of them. Um, uh, let's see, wait, wait what am I looking at? Um, 70 some yards. Yeah. Se- seven penalties for, yeah, 76 <laughs> yards, actually, 79 yards. Georgia actually had more penalties on them, but a lot of them came in the second half on some questionable calls. I think the refs are trying to help us out a little bit. Always um, trying to keep Arkansas in the game. I, well, it doesn't matter. They knew the game was right. out of hand. They want to. Yeah. I think they're looking at Arkansas to be a future uh, prospect uh, power. Maybe I don't really know. Mike's live at his finest. Um, yeah. But by the way, just a little hint here, Georgia fans. I'm sorry, but you guys were like the worst fan base in the SEC I've been around so far. Like mm. by far. Yeah. Mm. You, slim margin though. You guys do beat uh, Ohio State. Ohio State's still worse, but. Uh, doing your little dog chant during a player being down is not cool. That is totally not cool, and that's not cool. So, anyway, do better, be do be- better, Georgia. Do better, Georgia fans. Do better. Um, but yeah, back to what we were saying. It's lack of discipline on uh, a lot of penalties, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's what happens, you know. Penalties sets us back behind the chains again, and our offense can't can't uh, deal with it. Colbs, what did you see? About the same penalties, uh, turnovers. I mean, you're going to get beat. And especially a good team like Georgia, I mean, that's, I mean, it's hard to believe they beat us uh, or scored 31 points to our zero in the second quarter. But you have a couple turnovers, a couple costly penalties, and uh, there's what happened. Recipe for disaster. Exactly. Um, so yeah, all right. So so thank you, Kevin, for uh, for writing in. We'll uh, try to take care of any uh, inquiries y'all have. Just uh, feel free to post them on our Facebook page, and uh, we'll even give you a little shout out. It's great. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right, so I was saying earlier, the game was played at Little Rock. Uh, there's a lot of controversy during the week. Uh, the game didn't sell out. No, did the game actually sell out by the time they kicked off? I don't, don't know. I didn't think it did. I never heard anything about it, so I'm going to assume it didn't. There certainly weren't butts in the seats anyway. I saw a number of uh, empty seats. You know, this is sort of the thing that's been coming for a while, uh, ever since the university announced that they would be playing less less and less games in uh, Little Rock every year. Uh, this was a opportunity for you know, Central Arkansas, South Arkansas, East Arkansas fans to come out and be loud and support the team and 
and pack War Memorial Stadium and make the university not feel as bad about uh, moving games out of there. I, instead, I think the opposite sort of happened. The the people, either a lot of people didn't show up. It wasn't a sellout. There were empty seats. The people that did show up, there were a lot of. The, I felt like the Georgia fans. Obviously, they had more to cheer about, but I felt like they were just as loud as the Arkansas fans. You know, I felt like there was one third down in the first quarter where the fans actually got up and got into the game. And other than that, I just felt like, you know, it was just a, a crowd of uh, people that were there and like they just expected to be there and they sort of were, could have went to the game or not. And I, I just, I was really disappointed. And I was disappointed in the situation because I've been going to games at War Memorial Stadium since 1996. Um, it was just easier to get to from West Memphis. But if that's the type of crowd, the type of return you're going to expect to have it in Little Rock, then you know what? I don't I don't blame the university at all for wanting to, for wanting to move the games to Fayetteville, where you've got a palace of an arena, of a, of a stadium, you've got more people, and you've just got uh, just got bigger games. It feels like a bigger game when you're at Razorback Stadium anymore, but that could just be me. I mean, that felt like a high school stadium to me. I, I haven't been there since, uh, I guess, well, I went to one of the Greenwood State Championship games, and uh, I guess I thought it was bigger than that. I don't know. I just looked kind of meh. And we didn't even, we didn't even fill up that stadium either. There was empty sections uh, in one of the end yep. zones, like completely empty. And uh, like you said, it's just not benefiting the university anymore. Um, it's like a road game almost. We got to travel down from Fayetteville, um, get in a hotel, and then go to the game. You know, um, I just don't see us playing uh, there after the contract ends. We're losing too much money, and I think the Little Rock home crowd has lost its home advantage. We haven't we haven't won a big game there in a long time, probably since that LSU game a couple years ago. Uh, the last SEC game we won in Little Rock was uh, late November 2011 against Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State wasn't really that good then either. So No, the, no, they weren't the Mississippi State that we know now. Yeah, the so. last big game I remember was that LSU game uh, when Kobe Hamilton uh, got to go to the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, that That's was right. that was huge. But outside of there, it's been – I mean, we lost to ULM there. Obviously, that was in the John no. L. That was in the John L. era. And nobody wants to remember that. But, you know, it's time to bury that, that those ghosts, I think, and just go ahead and just keep it at Fayetteville. Colby, what you got? I have the same thing. I used to be kind of kind of when they moved the LSU game, I was a little bit against it. But now, I mean, if you can't sell a fifty-six thousand uh, uh, stadium or seat stadium in the heavy, or most heaviest or populated uh, part of Arkansas, I mean, something's wrong against a team mm-hmm. like Georgia. Well, top ten team, you know, yeah. it's a beautiful. It was a beautiful day. What did y'all think about the weather? It felt amazing. I had the sun right in my eyes. That's the only bad thing for me. But other than that, it felt good. Three o'clock kickoff. I mean, it's not like it's eleven o'clock quick kickoff. I mean, it just. I mean, I, I'm just surprised. I thought at least for this game that sold out, show you know the University of Arkansas. Hey, maybe we should keep at least one game here. But it seems like they were the, the uh, news of Toledo. We're playing them next year. Everybody was kind of kind of mad about that already. And it's like, come on. I mean, it's just time to move everything to. The Fayetteville, you're losing a, a uh, you can't have official visits, and then we have the game in um, Arlington now. So, yeah, Colby, why can't you have a uh, official visit? That's never been explained to me, but it seems like you're, you, you know, the situation there. Yeah, it, it's anything. The NCAA don't allow any uh, off campus. You can't have any uh, official recruits on off campus sites. Yeah, and Little Rock still counts as off campus. So, okay, okay, all right. I, I, I never actually looked into it, but yeah, I, uh, I know you had mentioned that a couple times, and. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch oh. of official visitors, but you, you they have to pay for their own ticket. So I heard Richard Davenport talking, and he said he had a bunch of recruits who were like, hey, yeah, I'm going to come to the Arkansas-Georgia game. He's like, well, that's at Little Rock, so you're going to pay for your ticket. And they're like, well, I won't be able to make that one. And a lot of these recruits, they can't make it. You know, your high school games or you have a late game or you can't make it to certain games. And so Georgia might be the only opportunity you can make a game, but it's in Little Rock. And so yeah. – yeah, who was it that told me that a uh, a player was gonna visit, but if they lost on Friday night, they'd have practice on Saturday? Was uh, that was that you, Colby? Lawton, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He uh-huh. actually made it. His team won, and uh, he made it for the Alabama game. Okay, Alabama. Okay, I remember that came up at some point. So high school coaches are out of control. <laughs> they are. Yeah, some of them are. Some, you know. Uh, but uh, anyway, so that's sort of a pretty good uh, transition to. The guys that were in the house unofficially yesterday. Uh, I've got a list here in today's Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Um, there's some big names: uh, Michael Pedway, Jordan Jones, Will Gregg, KJ Hill. Some of these names you know, some of these names you don't. Uh, Colby, what what uh, what what are you hearing on the Twitter sphere from the recruits about the Georgia game and the Arkansas experience in general? You know, I haven't heard anything. I know uh, uh, t- uh, uh, that guy from trying to find his name, uh, McTelvin Agium. I can't really pronounce his name, so I had a look. But oh, from, from Hope. He's from a 2016 recruit, but he's big time. He's probably a top 100 player. Got offers from, I think he's already got offered from Alabama. Now he's got offered from Oklahoma, of course, Arkansas. And uh, he's a player Arkansas needs, and he was there. And um, 
uh, I see him retweeting a bunch of stuff from people saying, hey, we need you. You can see this team needs you right now. So uh, hopefully that's a good sign. And hopefully they'll look at it, you know, especially like the receivers and tight ends, like, hey, we can come in and help this team right away next year. And uh, I haven't seen anything from Petway. I know I think he was supposed to go to Ole Miss uh, this past weekend, so that's a good sign that he canceled that when it came to Arkansas. And then always good to see KJ and uh, Greg. Hopefully they're helping recruit some uh, future Razorbacks in the house. So. Yeah, actually, I, walk, I actually walked right by KJ Hill. I was going towards the uh, Smash Bros tent, and he just walked right by me. I was like, "That's KJ Hill. That's really cool. He's here." That you was say sweet. anything to him, dude? I, I was like starstruck by this high school kid. I was like, "That's KJ Hill." I was just like, "I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just gonna keep walking. I don't. I don't want to be that guy." You enjoy your visit, KJ. For a funny story, I actually, uh, actually, at, at, with my job, I, uh, I was covering a basketball game last year, and uh, North Little Rock was in West Memphis, and. Um, I just asked KJ straight away like, after the game. I, I didn't ask him anything about the game or you know anything like that. I'm like, you going to Arkansas? Like I was shaking him down. I was like the bad cop or whatever. I was like, you going to Arkansas? He's like, he's like, I don't know. I like him. I'm like, you should go to Arkansas. And that was it. And I walked off. Chuck's so. the lead recruiter on the staff. Yeah, lead, lead recruiter. Hey, you like that? Hey, and get hey, and guess who got the commitment, baby? That's what's up. Chuck nasty. <laughs> Holler at your man. That, that's gonna be my whole recruiting thing. For, I'm just gonna walk up. You going to Arkansas? You should go to Arkansas. That's <laughs> that, it. That's your that's your pitch. Hey, that's, it. that's it. I think that is huge, though, for us to be struggling. Uh, you know, it's it's twofold. People, these kids know they can come in and play immediately, whereas you go to somewhere like Alabama and stuff, you may have to wait a few years underneath, you know, their other top five classes. You know, Arkansas, you can come here and make a difference, like, next year. Like, we could we, – K.J. Hill will be playing next year. Bobby Petrino, his first his, – I guess his first full class after their first season – that's how he got a bunch of players like, hey, you can come here and play right away. And then, you know, he had the probably the, as far as on paper is his best recruiting class. But we know the 2008 class is actually the better class. But, I mean, that's how he got a bunch of players that uh, first year is saying, hey, you can come in and play right away. We need some playmakers. So, hopefully they're looking at it like that. And so, like, dang, you know, what is Arkansas going to do? I mean, hopefully they're looking at, hey, we can come in and help and get playing time right away. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's the case for certain recruits that, mm-hmm. that they want to play immediately. There's always those guys that are like, I want to play right now. Mm-hmm. So, We'll see how you know, it's. My, my heart goes out to these kids that too are from Arkansas, and you know Will Grad, KJ Hill. That, that you know being a Razorback means something. You know that's why I love Bobby Portis. Um, you know the, the, these guys want to rejuvenate the program instead of going elsewhere, and uh, you know and KJ. You know these, these kids are very talented kids. I've seen KJ Hill uh, just set uh, Patriot Stadium in Marion on fire before uh, <laughs> with his, with his receiving ability and. You know, obviously we know about the Grags, you know, so they're guys that, uh, and yeah, and KJ Hill, he's, he's got such ability that he'll start immediately. So it's, um, you know, you're getting difference making recruits too, which is, uh, that's, a, that's not a bad thing. And yeah. while we're talking about uh, recruiting, I know we were talking a little bit earlier about Dre uh, Greenlaw out of uh, Fayetteville. Um, he, Greenlaw. This <laughs> sounds like a baller. He was yeah, he does. meant to Arkansas State, but um, recently uh, received an Arkansas offer last week and then all of a sudden we seen a Georgia offer, and now Ohio State's interested. He's recently committed from Arkansas State, so looking pretty good for Arkansas, but um, be a nice player to come in, you know, that kind of offer, especially at linebacker. I don't know when the last time we've had a player with, you know, a Georgia offer and a possible Ohio State offer. To say the least, this kid blew up from going from an Arkansas State recruit to Ohio State and Georgia and Arkansas, so I'm glad that he uh, moved up in the world. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I don't, uh, I, I've got no comment about that, uh, but I, I, I just can't believe that somebody's decommitted from ASU to go to the U of A, so that's, that's pretty crazy. You know, Who that's, does that? That's the real reason people don't want to go to games in Little Rock. They're all Arkansas State fans now. That's the real case. Yeah, I agree. Arkansas is just, they're hemorrhaging fans left and right, so uh, <laughs> anything to disparage uh, ASU fans, right, guys? <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, I, I like, I don't know, I I, I wish that we could have two uh, programs in the state of Arkansas, but I don't think some people really want that. So uh, right. that's another story for another time. <laughs> that is, that's an off-season topic. Yeah, that, that is an off-season topic. But uh, sorry, so we touched on the great stadium debate. We're talking recruiting. Uh, you know, we talked about Georgia, of course. Um, I guess we can talk about some bowl outlook now because obviously it changed a lot yeah. after. Uh, Do we have to? Uh, I think we just need to just touch on it for a minute. Obviously, uh, I'll go ahead and start. Um, it's not looking the greatest. Um, again, uh, hopefully we don't have a second quarter like that ever again because we're not going to win any ever game, again. any as games as we, like that. As long as we play football. If we let UAB score 31 and a quarter next week, we're going to lose that game more than likely. Um, 
So, you know, um, it's going to be tough. I don't see us beating either of the teams from Mississippi, obviously. I don't think anybody expects that. However, oh my God, would I love to ruin one of their one of their title hopes. I would love it so much. Just I, just either one of them. Like, it's right before, we play Ole Miss right before the Egg Bowl, right? Yes, that's right. So they're all hyped up for this undefeated, undefeated matchup. We just go in there. They come to Fayetteville, we just knock them off. That would be amazing. I don't see that happening, but that would be amazing. Go ahead, Colby. I said I would take that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. But, yeah, realistically, our only shots are at LSU and Missouri. And, unfortunately, they both seem to be hitting their strides right now. Uh, Missouri blew out Florida at the Swamp, and LSU blew out Kentucky, who seemed to be a much improved team. So um, our only shot is – by the way – Go ahead. I I, I, I know that I know the SEC's got it out for us. And, you know, like they – they get us off the South Carolina, them being our permanent opponent, the year that they fall off a, a table. Uh, you know, then we, we pick up Missouri, who's on their way up, or, you know, seemingly on their way up. Like, we, why in the world? Well, I mean, always, it, whatever happens, we always end up getting the screw. And uh, we always end up getting the screw and taking a beating uh, with these SEC. Like, why can't we play Florida this year? We played Florida last year, which they were pretty bad last year as well. Well, at the beginning but, of the year when they had Driscoll, they were on fire. They, they didn't lose a game until like midway through the season. Yeah, I, actually, the, the week after we played them, yeah, as I recall. Exactly. So they're actually pretty good early on. Um, they just fell off the table late. So so I hate you, SEC. Like, I mean, I, I love watching your product, but I hate I hate how you do Arkansas all the time. You know, uh, uh, the AP poll came out earlier, and four of the top five teams are in the SEC West. And not the Sun Belt? No, God, no, not the Sun Belt. Um, <laughs> okay. We, uh, I had to ask. I'm we, sorry. The, the, the bad part about it is we're in rebuild mode. We've played two of the top five teams already, and we got two more higher up that are coming later in the season. I mean, it's just it's just relentless, like gauntlet. Like, what are we supposed to do? I mean, were we, we're not expected to beat Georgia. You know what I mean? Like, top ten team. We had Alabama. They were top ten. A&M was top ten. And we still got two top five teams left. I mean, it just never ends. Yeah, Colby said something earlier today that was a uh, that was a uh, it kind of hit close to home. Colby, what were you saying earlier about Arkansas playing a uh, playing Georgia and the SEC West and all these other mugs? Like, oh, it's a it's a tough year to uh, to be re- rebuilding with the the town. Ta- you know, all the other teams in the top ten. The uh, I mean, it's never been like this, and the SEC's always been tough, but it's never, especially division, been this tough. And like Logan saying, you got four of the top five teams in one division, and then we play the best team from the other division. So, I mean, it, it's just a tough year to rebuild and they're going to, have to find a way to, to, to get some W's. I mean, or it's just going to, I mean, it's, and it's tough and I don't know where they're going to come from and I don't know how, but you have to find a way. <laughs> I went 16 yeah. in two years of staring us dead in the face. Y'all as, as, as bad as that is, it is staring us right in the face. It is. It is. And you know, and I, I'm with you. Like I listen, nothing's going to happen to Bert this year. Nothing's going to happen to Bert. Uh, but I'll say this, um, if you get if you lose your first um, sixteen SEC games, um, and then you extend this already long SEC losing streak, I mean next year the pressure is going to be on. Whether it be fair or not, I know what the situation was when he took over. Uh, the situation next year is going to be it's going to be vital. There's going to oh, be yeah. a very it's going to be a very dangerous feeling around the program. And again, like I, I'm not saying it's fair and I'm not saying it's right, but. You've got to slip up and beat one of these teams, or at least close out one of these games that you're leading late. You've got to. Yeah, we had two two prime opportunities that we let slip away, and that would have got us a bowl game. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. And um, you know, um, you know, zero and eight. If we go zero and eight this year, and then zero and eight again next year, there's no way we can't. There's no way we can keep him. I mean, oh, zero and eight next year. That, that that's a done deal. Like I, I, I would, if we go zero and eight again next year, if we go zero and eight this year and next year, yeah, I, I mean, something's got to change. And again, I'm not saying it's Burt, and I'm not saying it. But yeah, you, you can't go zero and twenty. Like we're not Vanderbilt, okay? Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we're that we're Alabama, but we're certainly not Vanderbilt. No, we like, should we should, we should be getting six or seven wins. I mean, that's pretty. We should be getting there, you know. Yeah. Six and six, seven and five. That's pretty much our average, I would say, probably outside of the BP era. Um, what? Go ahead. go ahead, Colby. I'm done. What, what I feel good about the LSU game is they come off a game at Ole Miss and then they play Alabama the week before us, and then so maybe. You know, maybe we can get that one. It, it's going to be tough, like y'all said. I mean, they're young. They're starting to hit their stride. So that game makes me nervous now. I was feeling pretty good a couple of weeks ago. But. I, I will say this. Alabama and Ole Miss are going to beat them up. And we're also physical, too. So they're getting three straight really physical games. Um, so maybe they'll be worn down by that game. And it is in Fayetteville. So that is a huge positive. Um, 
And we always play LSU close, no matter what. So, um, should be a good one. I could see a squeak in that one by. Um, but again, it's not a given. I, I, I doubt we'll be favored in that game. I'm sure LSU will be favored by at least seven. Um, but we'll see. You know, I, I'll say this for the rest of the season, too. Bowl outlook. Uh, I, I don't mind yesterday's result because we, we had, I feel like we had kind of sort of gotten a bigger head here lately. I feel like, you know, everybody's been talking about Arkansas, how close Arkansas is. And I believe that some of these guys so to speak that like they, they were sort of born on third base and thought they hit a triple. I felt like, you know, we sort of, we were reading our own press clippings and weren't really, um, you know, like maybe we overlooked Georgia for, for, I don't know how you overlook a top 10 team, but you know, it just, you know, at times it didn't sound like we were ready to play and they certainly were. So yeah, this, this might, this might keep us in check a little bit. Yeah. I will say this. A lot of the national media had had us, uh, a lot, a majority of the people were picking us to beat Georgia. So, I mean, I could, I could see us thinking, you know, hey, we, we should have beat Bama, we should have beat A and M. That we're gonna knock these guys out of the park, you know. And it come out there and it didn't happen. You, they came out there and they didn't play with a chip on their shoulder like they, they have been. Like I felt like they I played, agree. they played with that chip against A and M and Bama, not winning, you know, in two years a conference game. But I feel like Georgia, they came out there and the second quarter, we weren't even, we were, it was very similar to last, last season. That's what we looked like in the second quarter. And, and last year wasn't a very good year, so that, no. that tells you all you need to know. No, yeah, last year. And, was and I agree. I, I agree with you. We came out, you know, we, we, were ready, we were ready to play hard the last couple of weeks, brought our lunch pail. And uh, this week, everybody just thought it was a foregone conclusion that we'd beat Georgia, especially when we heard Todd Gurley wasn't playing. And Georgia showed up just to play football. Like, they, uh, you know, they showed up and played football, and we sort of, you know, for whatever reason, didn't quite, didn't come out with the same, uh, didn't come out with the same uh, mindset, and you saw what we got. So you have to, you know, you have you have to come out ready to play, especially in the SEC. We can all agree that this is a greatly improved team, but perception's reality, and this team's zero and four in the SEC and three and four overall. Yeah, exactly. You look at it, and I mean, now you sort of look back and you see, man, Auburn really wasn't that close, and then Georgia certainly wasn't close, and it's like, well, you know, they, yeah, it's it's it was a close game against A and M and Alabama, but. You know, why can't we get over the hump? Yeah, I mean, I see that exactly. Like, you know, it's a famous coach, and I, they're so famous I forgot their name. They once said that you are what your record is, you know. And um, I think it was Bill Parcells. And, um, you know, yeah, you can talk about all the games we could have won, but, you know, we haven't. So yeah, I do, until we do it. I do think we'll get over the hump. I think I don't, I don't know if we're going to be a bold team, but I could see us splitting the Missouri-LSU games, winning one against the Tigers and, um, and breaking that streak. But it's going to be hard to win both. I don't know. I don't know. I hope we already have the fifth win before Missouri because I can see us coming out in Missouri and just being fired up about going to a bowl game if we win. Um, you know, bowl game on the line. I think we could do that. But LSU game's huge. Hopefully we come out there and play like we did against Bama and A&M. I think once they get over the hump, they're just going to be a totally you know different team. But it's if they can get over the hump. Yeah, winning will change a lot of that mentality because right now they feel like losers because that's all they've done in the SEC in two years is lose. So Three. Three, yeah, actually, God, it's yeah. been so long. Smile! <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Let's just go ahead and go to UAB. Uh, yeah, yeah. UAB's coming to Fayetteville. Um, uh, they played another SEC West school, the number one team in the country, Mississippi State. Uh, they actually played them pretty close. Uh, they had some they had some uh, success passing the ball, which is kind of scary. They threw for 435 on Mississippi State. So, Goodness gracious. So that's a little scary. Um, not sure what that was about. However, on the other end, uh, Mississippi State was averaging over six yards a carry rushing the football. So we should have no problem rushing it down their throats. Um, what do you guys think? Colby, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, we should win it. Hopefully it's a we can get some uh, players healed. You know, Brooks Ellis, another game where he can, you know, uh, nurse his injuries and a couple other players get well. And hopefully we can work on a passing game, get our passing game going a little more and just work, you know, some uh, kinks out that, you know, learn from the Georgia game. And yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, oh, I'm sorry. I said that's what I'm hoping for. You know, hopefully we come out and just take care of business, uh, work on some things, get better in the passing game, and you know, get ready for Ole Miss. Yeah, I think uh, it would be nice to see a continuation of um, you know, sort of what we worked on in the second half against uh, against Georgia. You know, I think that I, I've said it all year, and I you know I, I stand by it. You know, this is it's going to be important to develop these this passing game, passing routes, pass protection, uh, throwing the ball in general, because of. Uh, you know, again, you're not going to beat an SEC caliber team by running 80 percent of the time, and we, we've now learned the hard way that that is the case. And um, I think that'll be important. I'm not saying we should throw it 40 times, J- Coach Cheney. Just sit down. <laughs> uh, 
But I, I am saying that it's going to be crucial. Uh, and I don't even think being balanced is means as much play calling. I just think it means, um, you know, just uh, production. I think, you know, being being productive and making good decisions. And, you know, but we got to clean up these penalties. We've got to clean up these turnovers. I think yesterday's game looks a little bit uh, different if we just clean up the penalties and the turnovers. Yeah, I mean, that, those four turnovers definitely made that game a lot worse than it had to be. Right. So, you know, I think that's I think ball security and playing clean are going to be the most important things. And I just like I said, I just want to see the the I just want to see the passing game take another step forward. You know, we've been stuck in this mediocre level with with uh, when we go to pass for I mean all season, really. And we just can't get anything going. Well, this is a prime opportunity. Hopefully it will be a prime opportunity at UAB to get some work in on the field against an actual D1 team. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I think that'll serve as well, because I mean, like we were saying with Georgia, if you're an actual balanced offense and you don't know if you're going to run it or pass it, that get, that puts you ahead of the game. So, and obviously, I want to win. Uh, a, a win would be nice. Losing to UAB is not on my agenda right now. So, alongside with getting the passing games in practice, I think we need to get Alex Collins going as well. He's been in a slump. Uh, mm. I say we sit J. Will down and just say Collins, you take over. Let's see what he does. I mean, I mean, really, he, we, he's important for our team to going forward, especially with Corliss Marshall having some off the field issues. Collins is our go-to guy after Williams. So. Uh, we're going to need to rotate that two-headed monster. He's got to be on point, and he hasn't been the last couple of weeks. That's a fair point. I, I like that, you know. And uh, it would be another game where I would say, you know, maybe even get, uh, you know, get Carlos Marshall involved too. But again, he's been suspended. So, um, yeah, I, I think those are all fair points. Uh, again, j- I think just a win after is it three straight losses? Three yeah, straight losses. Three straight. Two two heartbreakers too. Yeah, two two couple heartbreakers in there. So yeah, I, I mean, I think all that. Um, yeah, I think that a win would be first on the the priority list, and I just hope we keep plugging away and keep trying to get better. Yeah, who were you guys most impressed with yesterday in the game? If if you had anybody you saw that stood out, I would say Derby. I'd actually say Hunter Henry is kind of his first uh, game to you know he's had some decent games, but he's really never you know everybody's been kind of covering him, so this is kind of his coming out party this year. Him or Derby, uh, one-handed catch by Derby was was awesome. Yeah, Derby is a phenomenal tight end. I don't know how he wasn't playing tight end last year. I guess because we had no option at quarterback besides Brandon Allen. So, but yeah, go ahead, Charlie. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously Derby looked good. I still like Jerry Cornelius. I think he's a guy that gives us some big playability on the outside. That uh, you know, Keon Hatcher has shown flashes of, but if you get him and Hatcher going, and then you add KJ Hill to the mix and. Uh, I think you're sort of working on something there uh, going forward to next year. And, of course, Deion Stewart from Highland. So um, I don't think we'll go four wide a lot under Burt, but I, you'll have some depth there that you don't have now. Uh, I just like Cornelius. He continues to make plays and at least get open. Um, and, you know, eventually we'll certainly the ball fall into you know get to him at some point. So uh, he's kind of a guy that's sort of earned some more playing time, more snaps lately, and mm-hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't mind that. I, I like guys that can play ball good. Yeah, uh, also I know Colby and me talked about this one before, but Edwards, the wide receiver, uh, he's a big guy in the end zone. I liked him a yes. lot. He made that a fantastic catch in the fourth quarter. Um, guy can straight play. And then also a Tolliver, I think he's a freshman actually in the secondary. Yes. And uh, he made a, quite a few good plays. I know he got the sack on uh, Mason once, and I saw him actually covering pretty decently in coverage. So uh, that's, a, that's a bright spot. I mean, he's a freshman. You know, He's only going to get better, So unless you're Tevin Mitchell. So, who's 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 constantly going in reverse in a downward spiral? So yeah, yeah. yeah. What makes you feel good is we're talking about sophomore and freshmen, so hopefully that's something to build on. And uh, like you're saying, Logan, about Edwards, I mean, that's a end zone threat right there. Just throw him up the ball and let him go get it. I think he's like six four, so hopefully we'll see him and Cornelius in the the future more. It's just hard for the fan base to understand like how young some of these players are because we're just losing so much. And I feel you. I hate losing. I do. I hate losing so much, but. There's a lot of bright spots going forward. It's just the SEC West is so tough. If we were anywhere else, I think we'd be a bowl team. But it's reality. We're in the SEC West, and we're probably not a bowl team, more than likely at this point. Uh, it's just the competition we're in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's rough. Oh, my. Oh, my, Vern. Vern was in the house Vern. for the second quarter. Yeah, but, but Vern <laughs> showed up for the second quarter, announced it, and then was able to leave real quick and get back to whatever crap game. Oh, uh, Alabama A&M. There you so. go. Was- Actually, no, he, pro- he probably wasn't able to leave that one. He probably was. <laughs> Vern stayed there. Vern stopped. went to the swamp after, and he came after. That was after the second quarter in Georgia, though. He was, he was all over the place. He, he, he logged a lot of miles. All right, let's do UAB predictions real fast. Colby, get us started. Uh, 52-17, Arkansas. Yeah, I think Burt goes big. I think Burt scores like 60. He's going to take out some frustration. It's probably like 60 to 
26, something like that. 60 to 20. I think our defense plays well. I'm going to give us 58 to 7 uh, at home. Uh, it'll be a cold day in Fayetteville, 11 a.m. kickoff. It'll be interesting. Um, I'm looking at the SEC grid schedule. There's no real stunners here. Uh, Alabama, Tennessee will be a bloodbath. <laughs> Auburn, South Carolina in Auburn will be a bloodbath. Although old ball coaches uh, post – Game press conference will be epic. Yes, it will. Undoubtedly, I can see uh, can, it's interesting. Uh, you know, because Auburn um, coming off that loss, how they respond. You know, that in a bye week. I mean, I could see Auburn blowing them out, but I wouldn't be surprised if the old ball coach pulls one out. I want Auburn to tank so bad for my own selfish reasons, but we'll get to that later. So, so that Gus will come back and be our offensive. Please coordinator. come home, Gus. Come and home. And replace Jim Chaney. Come home, Gus. You want to be the offensive coordinator, dude? Um, Kentucky travels. Kentucky hosts Mississippi State in Lexington. Blood that will be much. Bloodbath. Uh, Vern will be there. Uh, we've got Ole Miss traveling to Baton Rouge for a night game. That's a bloodbath. Now that's a bloodbath, but I, I'll keep an eye on that while I. Uh, That'll be the best I, game of the night, the whole day. That'll yeah, be the best game. that will be because because that's an old rivalry. Uh, I don't see anything here, guys. I don't think there's anything worth talking about to be honest with you. No. Vanderbilt, Missouri. Whoever wins that pillow fight will be very proud of themselves. <laughs> um. So that's it. It's kind of a slow week in the SEC upcoming. Um, obviously, watch the Razorbacks. We're going to be at 11 a.m. Is that on SEC Network, game? I'm assuming it is. I would assume uh, it is. You know, so, of course, you know, if, if you've forgotten what it's like to watch the Razorbacks win, um, you know, tune in and check it out. They should win that game. And especially if you want to see them win another game, there's no guarantees because the following week, Arkansas travels to Starkville for, to Bern, play the number one team in the country. Vern Lundquist will be in the house. Vern actually might be there. So, uh Anyway, uh, guys, if you have anything else? Uh, no, I think that's about it. We'll talk about uh, – I don't think Arkansas is having Midnight Madness this year. I know Kentucky Ooh. and Memphis had theirs last week. I was going to talk about that, but then I realized they're not doing it. I guess they're waiting until they become nationally relevant again, which I can respect that. That makes sure. sense, sure. But Absolutely. Keep working. Yeah, so we'll talk about basketball probably in the next coming episodes. I know basketball season is coming, coming close, and I'm very excited about it. Um, so that's, that's, I also am a fan of the basketball. I am a fan of the basketball, too. Well, all right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. Um, we'll be back with you next week uh, talking about hopefully a UAB win and previewing the Vern Lundquist special Mississippi State game in Starkville. Guys, thanks for listening. I'm Chuck. I'm joined as, with by Logan and Colby. Are supposed to introduce yourselves? Nope. I'm joined by <laughs> Logan and Colby. Uh, guys, say bye to the people. See you guys next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Go Hogs.